0: Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice. Hello, and welcome to another Wessex LMC's podcast. My name is Laura Edwards. I'm a GP and one of the Joint Chief Executives at Wessex LMC's. And today I'm joined by uh, Steph Carter and Dr. Claire Hodgkiss, both doctors, sorry, Dr. Steph Carter as well, (laughs) Um, who've joined me today to talk about some changes that they've made in their practices. Hi, Steph. Hi, Claire. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. I'm really interested to hear about what you guys have achieved. Um, so, Steph, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit more?
1: Yeah, so um I'm Dr. Steph Carter. I'm a GP partner in a sort of medium-sized practice um, in the Hampshire region in, in Andover. Um, and I have been in my practice from registrar to now being a partner. So I've witnessed lots of change and sort of been involved in, in that process the whole way through. Thank you, Steph. And
2: Claire. Yeah, I'm Dr. Claire Hodgkiss. I uh, am also a GP partner in a uh, practice about 20,000 patients here in Hampshire. Um, I joined there as a newly qualified doctor um, as a salaried and then became a partner after about a year. So I've seen some changes like Steph has, but not quite as long (laughs) as Steph.
0: And um how I kind of heard about what you guys have been up to is because I went to the New to Practice Fellowship Conference and you guys have both done some projects as, as part of your fellowships, um, and you presented the results and it was just really impactful. So I, I wanted to be able to um share that with um our listeners on our podcast because um I think it's fair to say your practices were kind of like any other practices out there at the moment, which is facing absolute unprecedented demand and not enough resource, which is people and time to go around. Um, and, And those are quite kind of bland words, but actually that kind of intense demand equals a lot of stress. And what we're seeing is that's causing stress and burnouts. And we're seeing a lot of our workforce, our very, very precious workforce leaving, which then makes the whole problem worse, that we have fewer people to see patients um, and the stress on those individuals gets higher and higher and the whole problem gets worse and we're seeing that as an LMC we're seeing individuals get broken by that and we can see all the statistics um, and I would estimate we're down to about 50% of the workforce GP wise that we actually need for our population which is dire um, and, uh, and one of my colleagues was sharing this week if we actually kind of worked to safe limits strictly of kind of number of patients in terms of who we register. With our practices, one in ten of the population would not have a GP at the moment. Um, which again, we don't do that. We we allow people to register. So I think again, that means that the public are completely unaware of the pressure that is falling upon practices and their staff in there. Um, so I was really inspired to, to hear about the projects that you've done that felt like it meant your practices were bucking the trend, um, and so I wanted to, to to spread that message. So, um, uh, I don't know who to, to, to talk first, but um, uh, Steph, would you be happy to, to tell us a little bit about kind of how did how did your project come about? What did you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're so right. I mean, those numbers are, are scary, aren't they? When you, you know, sort of hear you say it like that. And so I think both of us are in a you know, privileged position. We were able to to spend time doing this sort of new to practice fellowship. And it gave us some protected time really to look at issues in our own practice, what's going on, you know, how we can make things better, really, and you know, how we can improve our service. And that is for number one, the patients, but actually also for our staff who who work here because the retention issue is just, you know, it's such a such a big thing. Um, so we both, and we sort of badged it as this kind of GP access as the sort of title of our our projects and then our presentation. Um, so for me, I kind of went right back to basics and thought, okay, well, how, how am I going to give good access to, to my patients? How do I get them in front of, you know, a member of my team? And I felt that that actually started, really with my team. So trying to build a really positive culture, you know, sort of that team atmosphere, that positive, you know, that work is a nice place to come and it's a happy atmosphere and we're all working together for that end goal which of course is you know giving safe good you know general practice care um so we brought in some some changes sort of like a daily coffee break meetup we got some personalized scrubs just to you know sort of get everyone feeling like you know sort of part of part of that team we did some outdoor picnic benches we had some well-being sessions and just some stuff that meant we could spend time together and actually you know sort of just build that, you know, really positive kind of mentality, that that positive atmosphere. And in turn, that means that you improve your retention. People are less likely, you know, to need to have days off sick. We worry, of course, all of us about burnout, you know, and just keeping keeping hold of that team is the way that therefore you give capacity and, you know, and you give good access to to your patients. Um, So one of the things that we then decided to look at was, well, what does a safe, Day look like as a GP, as an AMP, as a practice nurse, all those members of our team. You know how how can you come to work feel like it's an achievable task that you're not staying until goodness knows a clock in the evening and missing bedtimes and dinner dates and you know and all of those things that are actually important to you know have a healthy work life balance. Um, so we really decided to put some sort of numbers on that um, and to sort of try and see how that would look. And we're very much supported by. The BMA guidance, the sort of safe working, um, you know, limits everything that's that's been released. So we sort of just decided that that's been written. We're going to take that to to heart, and we're going to see, you know, sort of what sort of impact that has um, if you put some some numbers on it and say, okay, twenty five, you know, appointments a day, which is where they've sort of set it. That seems you know seems safe you know are we able to one meet the needs of our community to feel that we're able to do you know sort of do a good job and and get through that work each day and three are we able to look after ourselves and look after our colleagues and go home on time and actually you know maybe even enjoy our day at work because ultimately you know that that is the point as well of you know of of being a GP and, and working with your community
0: absolutely yeah, absolutely. And I think you're speaking It's brilliant that you're bringing two things together actually. Um, so uh, there's some research around positive psychology called talking about the PERMA model, uh, which means that people are happier. And that, that names a number of the things that you've just described there about positive emotion, uh, about engagement, about having positive relationships, meaning, and then achievements. Um, and you've named quite a few of those. You've hit those with, you, with the ideas that you came up with for your team. Um, so you, it is evidence-based what you've done um, and uh, it sounds like you, you've seen the results of that. And absolutely around the safe working is something that we at the LMC are really supporting because it's win-win for everybody. Um, I think, again, we we are in our own little goldfish bowl and um, we think that it's normal to be seeing these stratospherically high numbers of patients. And again, talking to GPs, it's become kind of normal to see 100 patients a day. Um, and, and I don't know where that sort of come from. It's the boiling frogs analogy that we've just cracked up and up and up. But actually, you're not safe. And I think if you really sit with people and say, how does it feel? Do you, how is your decision-making there? They'll be saying, I'm I'm kind of hoping that I'm not going to make a mistake. And again, if you're with a, as a patient, I think there's an illusion of safety um, that it's a doctor, so they must be, they must be perfect, they're going to give me good service. But actually, when you look at a human being who's in that pressure, who's made that many decisions, they wouldn't be allowed in any other industry to make that level of decision making. You know, if we if we look at the yeah, air airline industry and we look at Um, things like air traffic controllers, there's absolutely no way they would be allowed to do that. And yet, if you're seeing 100 patients a day quite quickly, you are seeing effectively a plane load of patients um, that you could be, again, suffering life or death consequences. So we need to take that responsibility seriously. And, And the government aren't going to do that for us. It doesn't serve their messaging to say that, So the only way we can do this, and again, I think we've been hoping the government would back us up and say patients come first and patient safety is really important. It kind of happens, um, not in any meaningful way, um, not through action, certainly. So, So we have to do it as a profession and say, this is safe. And actually, if we work at these levels, this is not safe and the patients will come to harm. And again, BMA surveys have, have backed that up. So um, so that's that's a really good intro there. And um, Claire, do you want to sort of describe like how your project came about as well?
2: Yeah, so um, we were similar that we just needed to take some control back of, of what was going on and we were losing staff both clinical but also more admin staff as well like receptionists and they're actually really skilled members of the team and um they take a long time to train and uh, you can't do a good job excuse me without them so we had to really change what we were doing to try and take some control back of the duty we we were doing those sort of numbers that you're describing there so well over 100 130 daily contacts on our duty list with two GPs. Um, There was no good capacity to bring people down. There was no cutoff time. There was no triage. Um, It just felt really out of control. And as a clinician, you know, we're trying to do a good job as GPs. You you want to do the best for your patients. You've trained a long time and you're very motivated to deliver that care. And actually it's really demoralizing to not be able to do that. so that really was at the heart of, as Steph said, we were um, lucky enough to have time allocated on our fellowship to try and do a project to improve patient care. And actually, that's why I decided to um, to focus on same-day access, which then turned into looking at our whole appointment system, so urgent and routine. Um, and we very much got on the BMA, safe working um, advice as well, because I I didn't really know where else to start to be honest because everyone's working so differently and if the BMA have given this as a good structure to go by it seemed a reasonable place to start so that's Mm -hmm. sort of yeah the starting point of what we did.
0: Excellent so Steph you want to tell us what what did you do in your practice we talked about what you did with your staff what did you do uh, in terms of the patient's?
1: Yeah. So we sort of decided, okay, we weren't actually, we weren't doing too badly. I think compared, you know, to, to some other, other surgeries, we've been quite lucky with our staffing and we've got, you know, sort of a, a good, you know, kind of patient demographic. there. sort of, you know, open to to our changes have been received in a reasonably positive way. I think, which is really, you know, sort of helpful to, to have them, you know, kind of on, on our side and, and understanding the, the situation. But we decided, okay, Okay, we need to be safe. We're going to use this guideline. We're going to put a number in, and we're hoping that that's going to improve staff morale, staff well, well-being. It's going to improve patient safety as you know, sort of a key feature. But also, what we're really conscious of is we want our patients to have a good experience. We do not want people, you know, in a telephone queue or queuing around the block or you know for hours on end not being able to get through. You know, that that is important to to us as well to strike that right that right balance. So, We decided to effectively cap both our routine and our sort of duty doctor day. Um, Previously we had capped routine, as I think most places would, you'd have, you know, sort of a set amount of appointments um, each day as a a baseline. So we have called that 24 routine appointments if you're working a a full day or sort of two two GP session day. Um, On top of that, of course, there is other administrative tasks and you know, and, and bits and pieces coming, but that is the maximum amount of patients that will be booked for you for that day there will be no extras no add-ons that's your day you have control and you can you know sort of run it effectively how you know how you want to as an individual clinician We then, duty is a little bit more difficult because, of course, all of us, we never know what's coming in that day. You know, when the phone lines go on, you know, it it could sort of be anything that that people are are calling with. Um, So we tried to do some education and that involved educating our reception team. We did some trainings and meetings talking about, you know, where else can patients access the the right care? So this kind of right right person, right place, right time, you know, sort of um, philosophy. We also tried to educate the patients, So um, with the development of a, a web page um, through my project, which is all about where you might be able to access the, the right care for your sort of presenting complaint or your you know, con- condition that you're that you're suffering with. Um, and then we said, right, we're going to bring in this cap and we're going to see how that changes, how we're operating day to day. We tried to make it so that we would have capac- have capacity based on an average day. So we did some, you know, looked at data analysis. We sort of mapped our, you know, general amount of contacts, which for us on our we're sort of ten, 10 and a half K patient list size, it's about 90 acute calls on a Monday and sort of 75 for the other days of the week. So we said, okay, that needs to be our minimum staffing level for those days so that hopefully we're striking that balance between the patients who need us get that, you know, uh, urgent same day care because we don't want to turn people away. We don't want them to be worried or, you know, it's sort of unwell and, and not being able to access us. But also we do need to recognise, as you said, that the GP who's on, you know, 37 or 40 appointments of the day and it's quarter past six, you're not making good decisions as much as you want to or as much as you might sort of think that you are actually on reflection I know I've definitely looked back at some of my consultations and thought oh I normally would write written more than that or oh I might have organized something else but you know you're just not in that sort of right headspace at at that time Um, so we brought in the cap there was definitely you know some people in the surgery who felt nervous about that or who sort of you said well what are we going to do if we went out of space you know how how does that work are we protected where are the patients going to go you know it it brings up of course you know some some conversations which which can be tricky um but we all decided as a group to sort of buy into that philosophy Um, and we're about three months i would say now down the line from having a effectively a cap on our same day sort of list of patients you know who who have contacted us Um, and actually it has worked very well you know our staff feel much more in control, they feel happier, you know, sort of more kind of positive outlook on, you know, nobody's dreading being the duty doctor and thinking, Oh, God, I really don't want to get, you know, to come to work tomorrow and and have to manage all of that. And actually, I think the impact to patients has been pretty small in terms of, you know, most days, we're not reaching our cap because we've, you know, planned to staff it, you know, as well as we can do and and to sort of base it on those numbers. Um, And actually, if You know, if we do reach the cap, then there is, is of course, flexibility on the day. It's sort of discretion. We're not really expecting our reception staff to hold any responsibility. They would bring that to the team and say, you know, where are you up? You know can you take more you know if it's palliative care fine look we're just not going to turn it away you know we will make that you know sort of make that work um but actually if it is something that you've had for a couple of weeks or patients have already been consulting their regular doctor about it you know then there is that ability just to say look do you know what it's half past five this probably isn't something that we can safely or effectively sort this evening do you know what let's book you in let's speak to your regular doctor let's you know address that address your Need. and I think if you communicate that well enough with your patients and they understand that there are other options then most of the time you know that that's a suitable outcome and actually they're you know they're they're sort of satisfied with that
0: that's really good to hear and I think uh, what you're describing is kind of one of the models we've pushed because again people feel uncomfortable with a hard stop on things, um, and uh, and one of our medical directors, Ed, has talked about funneling instead. That uh, and I think Claire, your, your practice has gone down a line of that. Of um, that, things are quite open, but it get kind of you, you get get more and more closed as you go on, um, and as you say, until you get to that point where you're like this is this is really really urgent, and we won't say no, but but. but the definition of urgent kind of changes as the day goes or depending on your capacity um and and then people think mm, yeah okay maybe maybe that, that would sit more comfortably with me as a professional and as a human being of trying to to balance my own needs with um yeah those hard kind of rending scenarios that do not sit well with us um to to say i'm i'm you know hard no to um so that's really interesting to hear how you've done that and that you've been able to do that as you say whilst Having that concept of a cat. Okay, so Claire, do you want to describe what you've what you did in your practice?
2: Uh yeah, so I guess the quick bit is the routine bit. It's pretty similar to Steph. We went on the BMA guidance, so it's 25 contacts a day for routine appointments. Um probably not too much more to say about that they can be telephone or routine, and the slots are put on interchangeable, but that can be changed on patient preference. So we don't mind whatever patients want if they want telephone because there's definitely a, a cohort who do love telephone consultations but as we know there's definitely a push and a drive for a lot of face to face as well so we've given that to patient choice we don't mind that for the on the day um we make quite a lot of changes so we work across two sites in our surgery we set up a morning um, teams meetings to make sure everyone's in, are there, are there enough staff answering the phones, are there enough doctors who's covering e-consults, just the real basics to make sure all things are covered. Um, we introduced a little system where you press F12 and it comes up with a pop-up and it's again really simple but it's just what's the problem, how long have you had it so we can triage it and um, what are you hoping for today? Are you hoping to see someone face-to-face? Are you hoping just for a telephone call or something? You know, it, it really helps triage the, the list a bit more. Um, we have gone to a three-doctor or two-doctor AMP system for our triage, um, sorry, for our duty system. One is a triage doctor who we've now physically moved upstairs into the reception call handling area, um, who's available for all reception queries, HCA's, Nurses, medical students, trainees, home visit, 99 calls, all of that. And between all of that, we'll try and deal with, you know, the, the quick wins as they were on the list. We then got two urgent clinicians downstairs who are not interrupted, who can be left to safely go through the more complex patients um, without being constantly interrupted because, you know, we were discussing, that can actually there's evidence that reduces patient safety being interrupted and you lose your train of thought um so we're really keen to try and get those people to be tackling more complex perhaps palliative patients chronic abdo pains whatever um with an acute flare those sort of patients that need a bit more time um we shut our e-consults at a point in the day because as a practice we made the decision that if an e-consult comes in that day we want to deal with it that day so therefore you can't have them coming in at five to six um and our system really is whoever wants to be on the list up to sort of midday you can be put on that list if you genuinely think it's urgent and we have tried to educate our patients that urgent in a urgent duty sense is about 24 48 hours or something new or acutely worse perhaps up to a week um and that's what the reception team will sort of guide a patient with do you think this needs to be on for today and after that as Steph said you know it will then go to the triage doctor who is a a GP, a senior decision maker. And if it's a sick child or a palliative patient, we've got capacity to see that that day. So it's not a hard no from our end, but it is someone that's gone, yes, I think this can't wait. And it will be dealt with in this way. Um, And I suppose the last thing to say was that we tried to introduce this concept of an urgent line in the morning. So we... Um, we re-recorded all our voice um, messages on the telephone, and we and sent lots of communication out that up to so anything up to midday ideally would be urgent, so that the lines are not clogged with routine queries. So those who need our help urgently that day can get through on the phones because there's not twenty thousand phone lines. So obviously we uh, we have to prioritise that, and then introduce the concept of after two o'clock all routine work. So routine appointments blood tests all of that is after two o'clock so there was a basically a system-wide change which you know we brought this in over a year ago and it's made a big big impact
0: all right that's really helpful and and with with both of you where where are the patients going so when you hit that cap again people feel really nervous about saying no um where are the patients going instead and do you feel like how are the patients reacting to that because again I think people are really nervous they'll just get shed loads of complaints and really angry upset people has that been your experience or was there a bumpy bit and it went away how, how, how did it play out
1: Yes. yeah it's um it's actually not been our experience as far as I'm aware <laughs> and I do do the complaints so I hope that I would <laughs> would would know um but I think uh, these things take time to embed and actually we our reception team are awesome you know they do try similar to you know what you were saying Claire and sort of educate as we go and say well okay you've had that for six weeks and it's not any worse today so perhaps that's a routine appointment And we've got capacity there too. So that's maybe only four or five days away. You know, do you feel safe and able to to wait? And I think if presented with an option, a lot of patients will say, oh, yeah, of course, that's absolutely fine. But it's about how you say it as well, isn't it? You say, oh, I need a doctor's appointment. Oh, do you need one today? Oh, oh, yes, please. You know, and it's about actually asking the patients to take a little bit of responsibility as well, because if you're going on the urgent list and actually you could have waited, then another day when you might need that urgent list because you have got a really, you know, nasty chest infection or, you know, something that is sort of time, time pressured, actually, you know, someone else has has sort of taken, you know, your, your place in, in the queue if you like. So we have tried to educate and the website has sort of back, you know, kind of backed us up with that. Um, You know, yes, nobody is really happy. I think that the biggest time that we sort of struggle is kind of half five onwards, you know, nursery pickup, maybe you've got parents phoning saying, oh, you know, not been well today, I'm worried, you know. Um, and we will say if we can safely, if we've got the capacity, we've got slots left, you know, and we've got that team there, absolutely, we will do our very best to to get you in. But also the surgery does have a closing time, you know, and we do have an end to, to our day and, and that time for us is, is 6.30 and actually the rest of our staff are going to be gone by that time. So bringing your potentially very unwell child to, to that you know to to that surgery setting where there's no other support staff around you know is that the right thing is that safe and and actually 111 you know and other services are there and that's why they're in operation is to pick up you know for that sort of that that need for for out of hours care so if we do have someone phoning very late saying they definitely going to need to be seen tonight and, and we've not got the ability to do that safely then we actually think that the safer thing is to go through 111, which is set up for that exact reason, you know, and you will be triaged and you can go to an out-of-hours GP appointment or to hospital if that's what it's felt, you know, that that is needed. With the backup that we are there the next morning, you know, sort of from from eight o'clock. So actually, if it's not, you know, completely that you must come the the same evening, we are more than happy, you know, for you to get back in touch with us in in the morning. We send safety net advice. So anyone, if we say, look, sorry, we've, you know, sort of, we've hit our capacity. I'm really sorry, but we are not going to reach you this evening. We've seen what you called in with and actually we do feel it can wait. We will send a, a preset message that's got 111, Healthier Together, our website. So you really do feel confident that you have given and, you know, some advice and, and that sort of safety net that the patients know where else they can access care that, that evening. That's
0: really great, Steph. Claire, what would, what would your comments be?
2: Um, yeah, I think we do signpost people to one-on-one if if they feel, if it's getting very late in the day, for all the reasons that Steph said um, urgent treatment centre, we're closer to that than, um, also the one that I know, we're closer than Steph and her patients would be. So I think that's easier, um, uh, and yeah, and we'll say we are here tomorrow. You know, we're other than a Friday, we're we're back tomorrow. And if you call before you know midday, you can be on that list straight away, and there's no there's no problem. And but if you really feel that it can't wait till then, then actually you do need to be calling one on tonight because you need some urgent care. But um, I think it sounds like Steph and I are saying pretty similar. Yeah. similar things and I think people are, are getting used to it and I think patients are calling in earlier and understanding that we need some time to deal with this in the day so if you call late in the day sort of quarter to six six whatever then as Steph said that the structures aren't all there at that time of night and if you've had this actually for a few days and you could have called in the morning and I think putting a little bit of responsibility back on people is is good and um I, I was thinking then Steph when you said that 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 was one of the reasons when we recorded the messages. We do say that and say, if it really isn't urgent in the morning, please do hang up because you are blocking somebody trying to get through with an urgent need. And actually, I think that's an okay message to put to the to the public, that actually there's lots of people trying to get in, some of whom will have much urgent, much more urgent needs than others. And until the phone is answered, we can't triage that need. So if you know in your heart of hearts, actually, it isn't really urgent then please consider calling later and actually our staff if it is if it is something I, you know i want to book my six monthly blood test and they call it nine o'clock in the morning our staff will say i'm really sorry this is the urgent line i'm going to hang up please call back after two o'clock and that was very uncomfortable initially but actually people have got used to that and i think when you put the patient safety message behind that of i need to clear this line i need to clear this line for an urgent call that might be coming through i think that's okay
0: yeah, absolutely. And and did you see any patient unhappiness as you moved across? Again, you're a year down the line. Can, can you remember if you saw some uh, patient unhappiness as you started to bring
2: these changes in? Um, I think, yeah, we did. Uh, and I think change, humans often don't like change, all of us. And there was some uncertainty from staff and some doctors as well. So um, that was all, you know, it was, widespread but we did some clear messaging and actually what I would say is that one of the most nice parts of your week can almost be doing the urgent clinic where you're the downstairs doctor you've called someone and thought oh gosh okay I need to see you and people call in that morning they speak to a GP they see a GP within a few hours and they're seen and sorted and they're so grateful and actually it's a really positively biased um clinic so Yes, there's some sort of negative sides, but actually there's some really great positive sides as well. And you get that instant feedback as a doctor. And that's really nice. You feel you're actually doing a good job and doing what you trained to do, you know. So uh, there's pros and cons, I think.
0: That sounds good. And, And Steph, did you want to come in? How does your practice feel having made the change now?
1: Yeah, I think it's been overwhelmingly positive for all our staff. And that is you know, across the board from admin staff, you know, up to GPs, nurses, you know, everybody involved, really. And I think that has to have a positive effect on our patients, too. You know, if you are going to a welcoming practice that it's you that can see that are doing your best, and have got friendly, smiley, happy staff who are trying to do their best to give you you know good healthcare. then that's what we all want isn't it is to you know to, to just be able to give good care to our patients and enjoy it you know at, at the same time so I think the overwhelming sort of feeling for us is that it's made our life and our job more enjoyable it's given us time to talk to our colleagues you know rather than just a quick words in the corridor you know and it's given us the time to spend with our patients who really do you know who really do need it especially in this kind of post-covid you know we're still dealing with backlogs of you know of of various bits and things it's given us time that the patients and I think the clinical you know and the admin team all all deserve in order to do your job well and to to do it safely and that has to you know sort of be the thing that you know we we want to prioritize. That's
0: excellent and Claire have you had a similar experience in your practice does it feel better?
2: Yeah definitely and I think Not only does it feel better, um, more in control, but also reception feel like they're taking less clinical responsibility. Um, they're not sitting on patients that have been on a list for hours thinking, oh, they haven't been seen yet, but I was worried about them or, um, but also the, um, the inter sort of professional workings with us in the surgery is great. It's great being up, uh, the, the top level with receptionists. It's really, I think, aided, um, greater bonds between the different staff and, um, there's a designated person for all nurses and healthcare queries, it means that you're actually more receptive when they come to you because you know that you're meant to be doing that and you're given an opportunity and time and space to do that rather than probably being a bit fraught because you're in the middle of five different patients and all that. So I think it's good. And I think the cross-site teams meeting in the morning, um, although if it's all going well, it's very brief, but actually that's really nice just to see people because otherwise you didn't even see some of your colleagues for the whole week or the next week if you kept swifting uh you know sites so i think all those changes have been really positive yeah that
0: sounds really good so you drop something else in there that you've done which is a morning teams meeting as well so that is that like a kind of a huddle you sometimes heard them called
2: yeah so it's 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 sometimes just almost like a chat because everything's fine but it's the moment where you find out oh well, someone's just called and sick or we, we don't actually have a, a, a nurse over at that site today so we can't get urines dropped off that site or because they've called in sick or you know, or just all those sort of logistical things and who is actually covering e-consults today and who, so just all of that. Um, but if it's all fine, it's probably just a couple of minutes and then any big announcements are made to so aids communication that way. Um, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's just nice seeing people's faces, isn't it? And just sort of mm-hmm. having a wave and yeah. catching up. And it's really simple. And that's probably one of the things that had the biggest doubts when it was introduced. But actually, I think most people think it's probably one of the best things that we've we've done.
0: Wow. Okay. So a small one there that we just snuck in at the end, but also really, really powerful. So I, th- I think that's really good to hear that both of you, and I'm going to look at, I can see you at the moment, but um, it, it, would you do it again if someone said, right, you're going to do this project? And would this be the one that you'd sign up and do again? And I can I can see you nodding to that.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think something, we had yeah. got to the point where something had to change. It had to change weren't sure how it was going to change but it needed to change that was the point everyone had got to so yeah I would do it again because it needed doing
0: and Steph you've described beautifully how your practice seems to be thriving with that as well um and and when and when you guys were speaking and people in the audience were saying I, I quite like to work in in those practices so um I think you painted a picture and again that's what we need actually it's what our patients need is that that the practice is where they want to go rather than the mindset that we seem to have gotten to which is actually I have to protect myself and there's only so much general practice I can do otherwise it it breaks me um, what you're describing sounds like a day where people want to go to work um, and again people didn't train for years and years and years to be a GP in order to not be a GP they, they've they given um, hours and hours of their time and hard, tough exams to, to do it, they actually want to do it and they want to look after patients and again you've painted a picture of of being in a position to actually give good patient care which again we know really, really motivates um, the whole practice team really um, to to go to work every day and, and be part of a general practice team. So thank you both of you for describing that um, it's really, really good to hear um, that you've had success and we would encourage anybody listening to this to think about safer working. It's actually a win-win it's, uh, it will help you keep your teams um, and it will also actually allow you to give even better patient care. Um, so we hope that uh, if you're listening to this and thinking my practice isn't like that um, that this will inspire you to to go through a process of change which um, and Claire and Steph and I talked about this, change is never easy uh, so <laughs> um, it, it, it's not going to be totally straightforward, there is an amount of investment that goes in but actually what Steph and Claire have described is that when, you, when you've done that bit of the journey that it's absolutely worth it um, so if there's anything that we can do to help at the LMC we're very much in support of this Um, and we do keep running events and discussions around this to try and support people to move in this direction because we think it's for the best and um, we need to persuade the politicians as well west Street has obviously just announced a, again a kind of a free eat, eat all you can buffet type approach which um we just can't really do it's a bit like offering anyone a, a table uh, at a, 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 any table they like in a restaurant we've got 10 tables and 100 people wanting them um, there's going to have to be an element of, of reality and as you both have actually described giving some of that responsibility to patients to say guys there's there's this much resource and we're going, to, we're going to have to use it carefully, um, but I think you've painted a great way of, of how you're able to do that in partnership with patients. So thank you both very, very much for joining us today. Um, and uh, that's all from us today at Wessex LMC's. We hope to have you. I uh, hope that you join us again on another podcasting. Thank you very much, everyone.
1: Goodbye. Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice.